This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, I'm joined by, I, I think at this point, we can probably say regular to the podcast, <laughs> Stephen Kreitzer. Yes. So probably you need no introduction. You've heard Stephen in one of the previous episodes. But if not, Stephen is the counselor that I see and that Annalise and I see here at Winning at Home. And um, there, you know, as we have been talking about different ideas, different episode topics, uh, something jumped into your mind, Stephen, which is talking about this. We both were talking like we're not really good at coming up with titles or little succinct things, but we're talking about kind of like boundary violations in relationships. Um, What causes communication between couples to fail or Mm, to mm -hmm. stop as there's conflict. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so the first thing just to talk about is why are we talking about this? Because it seems like, you know, on first blush, like that's a pretty negative idea for something to talk about, right? But why is this something that you are like, man, I really feel like people need to hear this. We were talking about... um, a lot of people who come to see me um, for marriage counseling. And I would say most of the time it's we can't resolve this conflict. We mm-hmm. can't resolve this thing. And every time it's the same thing. You get so into what you want or need in that moment that as you're talking through it, um, I find that they're no longer trying to resolve the issue. They're simply trying to communicate in such a way that they're trying to protect themselves. And as soon as that flips, that switch flips, I notice they get nowhere. Mm -hmm. It's similar to someone talking about politics from the left and right. Yeah. And they're trying to talk the other person into their particular view. And it's frustrating because it goes nowhere. And you find that as they go along, they're making good points, but they just get more and more frustrated and more and more um, irritated with the person and their heart for the other person. I literally see it being killed (laughs) for Mm. the other person Mm. during the conversation. Um, So it would be nice to know when have I steered into that lane of communication where I'm no longer interested in really resolving the issue and seeing if we can come to some sort of conclusion together. I'm just trying to protect myself. Yeah. So this is kind of focusing on, you think this would be fair to say, when the barrier between a couple becomes the initial issue and then kind of transforms into now the barrier is the conflict that we're having. And so I've devolved to, I'm no longer seeking resolution. I'm no longer trying to clarify to you my initial position or whatever the case is. But now I'm trying to win. I'm trying to prove you wrong. I'm trying to make you realize how sorry you should be for the things you've said to me. And we lose sight of what we were even initially talking about. It becomes a conflict about 
the conflict instead of about the thing that caused the conflict. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I always tell people, anytime you have a conversation and you're trying to resolve conflict, you're really having two issues involved. One is the issue at hand, and the second is how am I talking mm-hmm. to you? Mm-hmm. So you're always having to deal with both of those issues, which gets a little complex. So if I've started to talk about an issue and we get off the topic and now I'm just hurt, upset, I'm trying to protect myself or win, now I have to stop talking about the issue and talk about how I'm talking. And so if you can understand that simple concept, you'll, you will resolve so much more and you won't go down this rabbit trail of now we're just talking and hurting each other. We're not resolving anything. I would like to know as soon as I get on that path, I want to stop immediately and be able to turn it around. Yeah. And to be in that moment when you realize we're going down the wrong path here and to actually turn that around, that's a moment that when Annalise and I, you know, when we're in the middle of conflict and it becomes conflict about the conflict. And then we somehow, you know, one or both of us decides to be more gracious and more generous and say, okay, hang on a sec. What this was about initially was this. And when you can pull back from that conflict about the conflict and make a breakthrough in understanding the initial issue, um, it's unbelievably freeing and life-giving because you're like, oh, wow, yeah, this conversation was definitely worth having mm-hmm. if it got us to this point. Right. But unfortunately, often they don't get to that point, mm-hmm. right, because we get hung up on the conflict about the conflict. Yeah. Yeah, and the longer you go down that path, the harder it is to turn around because mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm hurt by several things you've said I don't even care about the issue now. I'm just really upset at you. And as you talk, it's just, it gets really, uh, you get more stuck. Yeah, because now we've got the original issue. And secondarily, I also don't even like being right next to you right now because I'm so frustrated and hurt and annoyed and offended and whatever. And usually the things that I'm using to protect myself aren't rational or fair. Hmm. Hopefully everyone's trying to be rational, but if that really matters to you, you just can't believe that the other person is saying what they're saying. You're Mm. like, do you hear yourself? And they don't care at that point. And um, that's why these seven things that um, um, I've drawn from the boundaries book in the dating, the dating boundaries book, um, uh, these are seven things that we've, um, I've taken from here. And they're essentially just easy things to spot. Mm -hmm. And I'll give illustrations of each one, but they're so easy to slip into. I'll tell a couple, hey, I see see you doing this. Let's try to do assertive language instead. As soon as I say that, the other one will say, okay, just a second. And then they'll want to go back into Mm. the thing that they were just (laughs) talking about. It's just, it's so I feel like that would totally be me. It's like, (laughs) hang on, though. I was building to this point. Everything I said up to now, like I'm finally ready to go in for the knockout punch, you know, verbally. And you're trying to stop me. But these seven things that we're going to talk about, 
it's basically you're guaranteeing that the conversation can't be resolved in a healthy, positive way, right? right. Unless, like you said, someone just says, okay, time out. Yeah. I'm going to be gracious, which is giving you something you don't deserve. I'm going to ignore <laughs> what you've just done here and get back to the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really difficult to do. Oh, man, it's the worst. It's <laughs> so hard to do that in the moment, right. although it's the only way forward. Right. But, yeah, we, yeah. Anyway, all right, so these yeah. seven things. Yeah, so the first one um, is called dominating. And um, this doesn't necessarily have to mean, um, I always think of the, uh, like the movie or the scenes in a TV show where a little kid is being pushed up against the, against the lockers and, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. It could mean that, unfortunately. But a lot of this, um, it's when uh, you're just saying, I won't hear the word no from you. And that can be really, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times, uh, subtle. Like, hey, it's it's 10 o'clock. I don't really want to talk right now because I'm not going to be able to give you my best. Um, I'm really tired. And I've already told you before, this is not when I want to have these conversations. And then the other person says, well, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, let's just, you know, all I want to talk, or they just continue to talk about it. And they try to hook you. Well, I guess, you know, you don't care. Or, mm-hmm. you know, all these types of things. Um, so when one person disagrees with you or they don't want to do something, they're setting up a boundary and the other person just goes right over it. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe this is an example. Um, Someone in a relationship wants the other person to spend lots of time with them. When, uh, so let's say he tells her he'd prefer to do other things, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she may disrespect his freedom by becoming angry and telling him the relationship will be over or saying something like Mm -hmm. that, like, well, you must not love me. And really he's done nothing wrong to set a boundary and say, hey, I've I've got this to do, or I I don't want to spend all my time here. I have other relationships, Um, but yet she won't take that as a no. Sure. There's going to be a penalty for that. That's what we would call dominating. Yeah. Well, you know, as you're talking about that and as we're thinking about even just the idea of not being able to take no, you know, I'm thinking of the way we've had this conversation in the realm of between sexual partners is totally, you know, in that realm. It's like consent Mm -hmm. is the thing. Right. And it's obviously it's a huge deal in sexual relationships, but it's also really important in communicating because Mm. nobody wants to feel steamrolled. Nobody wants to feel like their needs are completely ignored mm-hmm. in the moment or even not even needs, desires, wants, whatever. Like, you know, when you when you dominate someone to the point where you're not respecting their autonomy, that's what I'm picturing as, right. as we're talking about this. Yeah. Yep. And it can be anything. There's a spectrum to all of these, yeah. but it can be like overtly dominating or really subtle. Mm-hmm. So number two is withdrawing. Um, one person pulls away when the other exercises some freedom um, or difference. 
So this person may, may isolate themselves, sulk, or be silent, um, but really they're passively trying to punish the other person mm. for their differentness. Um, so this one is not to be mistaken with a timeout, which we'll say is if someone is having a conversation and it's going the wrong direction and one person's getting really upset, you're getting upset, at some point you can say, okay, timeout. I don't think this is going the right way. Let's go to our corner, so to speak, mm-hmm. get calmed down, not to try to think of a better argument, but just to calm myself down maybe try to be gracious, see it from their point of view. That's not with what withdrawing is. Withdrawing, you're not, you don't have any intention of, um, at this point, resolving the issue. Mm. You're simply trying to protect yourself, as all these are. But um, it could be something like, um, hey, honey, I'm so sore. Can you give me, um, you know, rub my back? And she says, no, I'm just really tired. And I don't like that response. She's doing nothing wrong to say no, but up to that point, I've been talkative, cuddly, and all of a sudden, I move over on the couch a little bit. I'm not talking. I give her short one-word answers. She knows that she's done something that I don't like. Mm -hmm. I've withdrawn from her, and now I'm saying, well, because you've made that choice, you no longer get access to me. Sure, yeah. And and that's a way of, um, yeah, going over someone's boundary. That this one of the list, you know, I've looked through the seven things we're going to talk about. Uh, withdrawal is that's my go to thing yeah. when I feel hurt, when I feel offended, when I feel um, like my needs have been overlooked or run through or whatever. Withdrawal is what I just naturally tend toward mm. unless I make myself not do it or Annalise helps me see that I'm doing it and we work together on me not doing it. You know, yeah. that's that's mine right there. So. Yeah, I, I think it's mine too. And um, what I've seen, at least in my own practice, is that many men use this one. Hmm. And um, I think a lot of guys tell me, and this was my idea, that this seems to be the less or the least violent of all of them. Like, okay, sure. I'm not going to say anything to you. I'm just going to withdraw and um, John Gottman says that this is actually the most damaging of all of them mm. to a relationship. Mm. Mm. Uh, so for various reasons, we won't get into all of that. But um, withdrawing, yeah, I think for a lot of us men, that's that's the big one. And if you withdraw from the relationship or if in the conversation where someone just gets glazed over, and now I'm just agreeing with everything you're saying just to get out of this. Yep. Um, you can see how nothing's going to get resolved yeah. at that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you easily can. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's number two. Number three, manipulating. And, you know, you could read a whole book mm-hmm. on manipulating because it's such a big term. But um, it's what we would call subtle strategies <laughs> designed to make the other person change their mind. Um, so this is trying to control someone without them knowing it. Yeah. It's coming in the back door. It's the opposite of dominating or being intimidating where you're just saying, you know what, I'm going to show you my cards and I'm going to steamroll you. Hmm. This one is um, very deceptive. It's So here's an example. If um, a person, let's say it's a, a, a 
husband, wife, man, woman, doesn't matter, um, is crying or maybe nagging their significant other to go to their family's picnic on Saturday, even though the other person has already made plans and said that. Mm-hmm. So here the other person has said, hey, we've already made, I've already made plans. Uh, your significant other says, yeah, but I really want you to go this, you know, mm-hmm. and so you're not doing anything wrong, but they're guilting you yeah. by having this strong emotional um, response or nagging you or maybe getting upset. But the manipulation would be, I'm, I'm using this to try to get you to go, even though you're doing nothing wrong. Sure. It's trying to create that guilt, right? Yeah. So it, that's always a tricky distinction, right? Because right. sometimes I feel guilty because I know that I probably should be doing something different than what I'm doing. Right. And then other times people are trying to put guilt onto me and I, I'm blanking on, but I think, isn't that kind of the difference? I forget maybe between guilt and shame or something. I don't know. I'm asking you right now. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's people, nodding along like, and I'm going, I'm, I'm dying here. I need you to jump in. <laughs> well, people talk about shame and guilt in a lot of different ways. Mm. The way I talk about it is guilt is I'm doing something wrong and shame is I am something mm. wrong. Mm. Um, so I do think there is a big distinction though, between me just feeling guilt and then someone attempting yeah. to try to make me feel yeah. guilty and I think you're right. That's a great distinction because sometimes my wife will feel guilty for something and and she might blame me or I might do the same with her. And um, that's when we have to catch each other and say, well, well I wasn't saying right, anything right. like that. You're yeah. doing that to yourself. Yeah. So that's really your own thing you yeah. have to deal with. Yeah. Um, but if I'm doing it to make them feel bad, I'm attempting to. Right. That's manipulation. For sure. For sure. So again, that's a huge, huge topic, but I'm just trying to give, you know, simple, simple yeah, it's explanation tricky, right? To give a really like two sentence long <laughs> right. explanation of how this would look. But I do right. think that when we hear these things and once we explain and talk through it a little bit, mm-hmm. you go, okay, yep. I see how that has shown up, you know, and, and maybe you're not thinking of, you and your uh, spouse, but you're thinking, oh, in my family of origin, yep, growing up, I did experience that, and here's mm-hmm. what it felt like. Because I'm, I'm guessing, right, that probably, like I said, that withdrawal is my go-to on this list. Mm-hmm. Probably most people have one, two, maybe three of these that are kind of their thing that when they're letting themselves react in an unhealthy way, it looks like this. Yeah. So it's, you know, you probably haven't experienced, hopefully haven't experienced all these in your marriage, but you probably can imagine as we're talking about them, oh yeah, this played out this way with this friend or with this previous relationship or with this, you know, son or daughter or mom or dad or brother or sister or whatever. Right. Yeah. And manipulation is usually not rational, which mm-hmm. is so hard mm-hmm. because when it the the conversation starts to go towards that direction where now I'm not trying to resolve it. I'm just trying to protect myself and I'm using manipulation to do that. 
um, the sky's the limit of what you can say. Right, And right. you could say, well, my son could say, well, I didn't do my homework because the teacher was dumb and, and gave us homework that mm. night. They shouldn't have done that. How do you respond to that? Right, it's like, yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, you still have to do your homework, but <laughs> now I'm engaged in the conversation. I'm never going to get him to agree with me. Right. So at this point, he's not trying to resolve the issue. Sure. He's not trying to actually learn and say, you know, you made a good point. I, I can see why you and mom are going to discipline me for not doing my homework. He's simply at this point trying to just protect himself. Mm. I want to get out of getting in trouble. Right. So manipulation in a marriage, parenting, whatever it is, as soon as you see that, I just tell people, well, you might as well just stop because it's not going to go anywhere. The fourth one is um, a direct violation where the person just overtly disrespects the person by continuing the same hurtful action even after being asked not to. Mm. Um, So an example, uh, a guy might chronically cancel dates at the last moment, even though his girlfriend or significant other tells him how much this bothers her, Mm. Um, but he just keeps doing it. Yeah. So in a sense, it's ignoring the thing like, oh, I hate when you're late. It really hurts my feelings. And they just keep showing up late. They might even... um, directly violate that and then throw in a little manipulation. Mm-hmm. So you can combine a lot sure. of these and say, well, I am so sorry that I'm doing that. I feel really bad. I, I get it. But really, they don't get it. Mm-hmm. They, they're they not going to change. They're essentially saying, I'm going to ignore and directly violate this boundary and then tell you I'm sorry as a manipulation so that you're not mm-hmm. mad at them. Mm-hmm. So they can continue to get away. Sure with this. And man, some of these, a master manipulator can do these well to where there is no winning. Hmm. Because again, they're not trying to resolve. This person isn't trying to uh, respect or value their partner. They're essentially just trying to get away Hmm. with what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the communication is not going to go anywhere. Hmm. Yeah, this, uh, you know, as you're talking about, this one reminds me kind of of the first one, of the dominating, you mm-hmm. know, because it's, okay, I know where you stand on this, and right. I'm just going to kind of do what I want anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that it's it's different because it's, uh, this has been directly addressed. This is kind of a, this more is a pattern, right? Right. That's, so it's almost like, Every time it happens, there's just this continuing disrespect of the relationship or of my, I don't know, validity as a person with feelings and, you Mm -hmm. know, having a stance or an opinion about what this should look like in our relationship. And that just keeps getting trampled on. Yeah. And and like I said, what makes it so harmful is it's usually uh, one of the other ones that it's it coexists with it. Hmm. So they're using several. So not only am I going to violate your boundary over and over, I'm going to then either put it back on you, which is the or the next one is minimizing. I'm going to say, "Wow, you're really overreacting. It's hmm. not that big of a deal for me to be late." I was five minutes late. Yeah. And then, um, which can lead to the number six, which is blaming. Well, 
you've been late before. Mm. So you can see how people are simply just trying to protect themselves. They're trying to not get in trouble or I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but I don't want to get in trouble for it. So I'm going to use all of these boundary violations. I'm going to use all these tactics so that I can control you, the situation, and still not get in trouble. Right. Yeah. You know, okay, so I don't know. I can't remember. This actually might be the way that people are taught to talk about these kind of things. But to me, um, what always feels kind of minimizing to me and sort of blaming is when someone says, um, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's my fault for how I feel Mm -hmm. and it's my fault for how you're sort of not saying, but saying that I misinterpret it. Right. So it's doubly my bad. Yeah. Is that, you know, is that kind of an example of those or do I need to work on how I take that? (laughs) Yeah. That (laughs) one is very tricky Hmm. um, because there's so much involved there. Um, I would say one, in order for me to validate and not minimize your feelings, I have to hear you and say, oh, I hear that what I did or said was very hurtful to you. So first of all, I apologize for that. Mm-hmm. And that, that needs to be the first right. step for you to feel validated. And um, that's very similar, but it feels way different. Like even as right. you're saying it in the studio, I'm like, yeah, that would be way more validating for me to go, yeah. I'd be along for the ride, yeah. you know? And that's kind of what these seven things are, why we're watching out for them, because it's kind of a guaranteed you're bumping the other person out of the conversation, right? Yeah. If we want to resolve conflict in a healthy way, mm-hmm. these seven things, if they show up, they need to be addressed and and moved away from in order to continue resolving the conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And some of these get really tricky because after I apologize and say, oh, I'm sorry, because that the last thing I want to do is to do something where you feel devalued, hurt. That's not my intention at all, but it happened. So right, I, I right. have to apologize for that. So I'm sorry. But if you're having a relationship with that person, it's nice to go back. And again, you're teaching them about yourself of saying, this is what I was actually thinking when I said that. So the good news is Mm. that's not what I meant. I meant this, but if that's what you take as that, well, either I need to stop saying that or you can reinterpret me. Sure. And so for me, I think intimacy equals self-disclosure. So Mm. I always want to move towards intimacy with my spouse. So I want to know what she really means. Um, This was with Amy Jo and I, we had many years of misunderstanding each other in one particular area. And she would talk to me in a certain way. And I always took it as she was disrespecting me. Mm. Like, uh, and I hear a lot of men who have the same issue. And it came about that Amy Jo never even thought of that. Like that was never even on her mind whether she respected me or not. Um, That was my own thing. And so I had to realize 
oh, when she's talking to me that way, what she really means is I feel hurt and unloved by you. Hmm. And this is the way I respond when I do that. It was a huge reframe for me. Yeah. Now I know when she talks to me that way, ooh, I've done something where she feels unloved. Now she's learned also to communicate that in a different way. But up to that point, I totally didn't understand. I, I could have sworn. I mean, I would have bet if I had $100,000, I would have bet it that she disrespected me in that moment. Right. And I felt so weird, like I was in a totally different world when I realized that wasn't <laughs> the case at all. Yeah. Like, how could I have misinterpreted that so badly? So that that's just, that's where this gets really mm-hmm. complex. So yeah. on some level, I think you eventually want to get to the heart of, okay, this is how I'm interpreting it, but it's not what you're meaning at all because I want to know you. Right. And plan for the future so I don't keep misinterpreting you. But in the moment right now, we haven't talked about all this, so I'm hurt. Yeah. And the best thing to do to resolve that is say, ooh, I hate that you're hurting. I'm so sorry. Like, you're trying to resolve it. Right, right. Yeah. Not not defend yourself like, I shouldn't be getting in trouble right now because I didn't mean that. Well, on some level that's true. But on another level, you're in a relationship, and that's just part of <laughs> that's part of the um, reason or that's part of the thing that just being in a relationship, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's part of the deal, right? Part of the deal. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, part of the way that we, in those moments that we get hurt, I'm thinking, you know, in the example you were saying with you and Amy Joe. You know, she might hear that you're feeling disrespected. You're coming from this angle. And she might feel like, okay, well, now I'm hurt that you would think that I would do that because we have X amount of years built up in this relationship. How do you still not know me that I'm not coming from that angle? And it's just, it's crazy how much interpersonal stuff there is as you start to sift through actually getting to the bottom of what we wanted to talk about and how easily that can get lost somewhere along the way through one of these missteps, one of these accidental wrong wordings, one of these accidental wrong tone because I'm excited to make my point or I'm feeling kind of indignant and I really want to clarify, it's wild to see how like kind of feels like the odds are stacked against (laughs) almost, right? I know. Getting to the bottom of the thing that you were starting to talk about in the first place. It is. I I agree. It is so complex um, because we're so complex. Yeah. And, um, it's so easy to go down the wrong road. And that's why I think this is so helpful. Um, And this is just one little nugget really of thousands. Yeah. So I don't say that to make everyone feel like, well, this is ridiculous. I'll just give up. Because that's the opposite of what I tell people. If you get a brand new car, a new TV, you get this huge thick booklet of how to use it properly. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you. I'm one of those people who will read it. I don't, do. Oh yeah. <laughs> I read it. My dad has taught me. He's like, yeah, you need to read that because if you don't, you can end up doing something and then 
you're going to end up paying more money because you're going to break it. Yeah, sure. So okay. I'm always one of those people who are like, yeah, I want to know the right way to, <laughs> how do I do this computer that costs 1200 bucks yeah, or this yeah. car that's whatever, however much. Um, and so I, I would think for a marriage or relationships are so important to us that this is one area where the manual is very big mm. and it's daunting, but it's so worth at least learning little by little each year, um, just something new yeah, that you can do. And I think that's why we have um, mentors in churches. We have coaches, we have counselors, pastors, teachers, podcasts that are constantly trying to help us. So for sure. Well, I mean, as you were talking about that, I was actually thinking for a second, man, we probably could sit down once a week and record an hour about communication missteps or how people miss each other or how people bump each other out of what they're trying to talk about. We could probably do that once a week for the rest of our lives and not really be talking about the same thing over and over and over because it's just so complex. Yeah, it is. Um, But I I do think the more you learn like anything else, even though you know you have a lot more to learn, the level of how much you know equals the level of how much you enjoy the relationship. Okay, yeah. So as my level of knowledge gets higher, my level of enjoyment also gets higher. Yeah, I said my thing kind of negative a little bit, didn't I? That's good. You brought it back because it's (laughs) that, yeah, that's, I was really struck by, whoa, there's just so much to this that if you want to have a clear, smooth conversation, you have to avoid so many of these little things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I love that you brought it back to that saying, and the reason that we do it is because it's worth it. It makes things that aha moment of like, oh, that's, that's the disconnect here. That's the barrier that we were initially having some conflict about. Yeah. Oh, cool. We can resolve that and we can move forward. And now you know, not like we'll never run into that ever again, but right. it's going to be a whole lot easier next time, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we get what's the problem here, what the disconnect is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, the the ultimate goal, and that's not what this particular episode is for, so if I, I have to watch myself not to get off on a tangent here, but the goal is every time you're in a conversation with your spouse, your loved one, whomever, is for them to feel valued. Mm-hmm. when they walk away from yeah. the conversation. And a lot of times we don't trust people because they've said something, they've done something in the past. And so we feel like we have to protect ourselves, And that's where these strategies come into play. And a lot of times I don't blame people. Sure. The way they've been treated in their uh, home of origin or this person at work is always a jerk to them. Um, and so they're guarded. Hmm. So to really resolve any sort of conflict or talk about anything at a deeper level, there's no way they're going to go there. So they come up with one of these seven ways. And on some level, I would say, okay, I understand that, but there's a better way to set that boundary rather than doing these things. 
Yeah, well, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, man, the times that I get into trouble, the times that I increase the conflict in our conversation, it's because I'm not trying to make sure Annalise walks away from this conversation feeling valued. Right. I'm trying to make sure I walk away from this conversation feeling valued, yeah, right? right? And it's like, no, I need you to hear this and I need you to understand where I'm coming from. And wow, that like, I don't know why that's such a big insight because it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. but that really stuck out to me. Yeah. You know, our goal is that people walk away from conversation feeling valued. Yeah. Um, that's huge. Years ago, that was that became my mantra mm-hmm. in my marriage because I wasn't doing a good job at that at all. And I told you, my wife had that tone with me quite a bit um, because I wasn't valuing her. Yeah, she was trying to trying to get something through to you. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, well, that makes me feel even more this way, and it just makes it worse and worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, mm. these are not just something on a paper to me. Um, I've lived these and still do. For sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've gone through minimizing and blaming there. That was f- number five and six. And then the last one is rationalizing, uh, which this is the person denies responsibility for whatever caused the problem. And this one gets tricky. So we've talked about the chronically late person. Um, they excuse the hurt of the other person by saying, well, I understand your feelings, but it wasn't my fault. The traffic was backed up. Yeah. Or, well, um, you can understand why. A lot of times there's minimizing and rationalization. And a lot of times people are like, well, what's the difference? Um, Well, let's say someone says something um, to me at a party and it felt a little like it was a little zinger. And I would later say, hey, that that really hurt my feelings. I didn't think that was appropriate that you said that. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't joke with you. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it seems like you're being really picky or sensitive. That's minimizing. If they were to say, um, well, um, I think that um, I really didn't have a choice because you backed me in the corner by what you just said. Mm-hmm. Now they're rationalizing. They're saying, it was actually an okay thing because look at the situation. That's hard to argue against because sure. you're like, well, I guess I did back you in the corner. I guess it's all my fault. No, it's I'll I'll take responsibility for what I did, but I need you to take responsibility for what you did. And yeah, kids do this one really well, <laughs> re- rationalizing why they didn't do their homework, why they can't obey what I just asked them to do. Um, we do this all the time. It feels so invalidating to the other person. Yeah. So that's that's another um, tactic designed to protect yourself. I'm not going to get in trouble because I feel like I had a really good reason to hurt you or to yeah, do whatever right, I was right. to cross over your boundary. So sorry. Um, no, that's not really going to resolve anything. This if if the withdrawal one is the one that I go to mm-hmm. the quickest. The rationalizing, this is the one that bothers me the most when other people do it, you know? Oh, yeah. And and I move from, okay, we're having a, a conversation about something to, okay, now we're pressing pause on that whole conversation 
And mm-hmm. my whole goal now is just you need to admit you were wrong right. because I'm seeing this as a great teaching opportunity, right? <laughs> yeah, so right. I can help you, quote unquote, not really. I'm just, I need this for me for right. whatever stupid reason. I've got some hang up about that. And right. uh, yeah, I've I've derailed a lot of conversations in my I almost said in my day, in my <laughs> years, I don't know, of of having <laughs> these moments when I see rationalizing pop up, I'm like, oh no, we're going to talk about this. Right. And um, yeah, that's kind of my hot button one. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize until you're talking about it and I'm mm-hmm. like s- feeling myself get kind of riled up over here. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, oh man, I hate that. Yeah. It's so invalidating. And, and what if you don't agree with their rationale right because it's usually not yeah that great of a rationale or what if i just can't let myself anyway right (laughs) right. (laughs) well yeah and i think at that point you're trying to not let them get away with invalidating you yeah Yeah. so if i can argue how that's not a good rationale or what you're doing is wrong it's like really you're saying man why can't you just validate that that was wrong yeah that's what we really want and that's really the attitude of confession is what I call that. Um, I don't know where I got that phrase. I don't think I got that phrase from any book or anything like that, but I feel like confession is really more of an attitude Mm -hmm. than something I just say. Because someone, um, when I was younger, my parents used to make me say I'm sorry to the kid that I just did something to that I shouldn't. And I didn't mean it at all. I mean, I was just saying it to get out of the situation. Well, I confessed hey, I shouldn't have punched you. But the attitude of confession is what people want. Mm -hmm. Like they want you to to really understand that you, that really hurt my feelings. Like, um, and now because you've hurt my feelings, not only do I need to forgive you, but I also want to trust you again. So it's really important for us to resolve conflict, to make sure we're owning our stuff. Don't be afraid of getting in trouble. I, I tell people this all the time. What are you so afraid of getting in trouble? When someone does something to me and they have the attitude of confession, 99% of the time I'm going to forgive them and say, wow, I really respect that. Now I trust you even more. Mm. But we're so afraid that if we give in and say, well, you're right, I was wrong, that something bad is, like something worse is going to happen. Sure, yeah. So (laughs) we try to protect ourselves by like almost not even being willing to admit we know that we made a mistake. Right. They know that we made a mistake, but if we don't verbalize it, then maybe everything will be better. Yeah. Which is the opposite of reality, you know? Right. The only way for things to improve is when you go, yep, I dropped the ball on that one and I'm, I'm sorry. You right. Know, that's that's the only way moving forward in relationship. Um, yeah. But yeah. we don't do it like a kid would. Right. I said it very plainly like a kid would say, like, well, if I just don't acknowledge it, then I'm not going to get in trouble. We use seven, <laughs> one yeah, of yeah, these yeah. seven <laughs> very tricky True. ways to protect ourselves. We're way more sophisticated about dodging responsibility than kids are. Yeah. So we haven't become more mature with age. We've, we've become more crafty yeah, right. in being immature, <laughs> uh, which we all do. So 
I have found that once I understand these things, I not only do these things as much, but I also am able to catch it when someone else is doing that. And what I know at that point is, ooh, they're really afraid that I'm going to get hard on them and get mad at them, and they're afraid of getting in trouble. So they're not trying to be a jerk or they're they're scared. Yeah. They're, they're trying to protect themselves. So at this point, when I see any of these show up, I say, okay, I just stop. Um, like, hey, I'm, I'm on your team. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, shame. I just want to get this resolved so we can get on with our relationship. Hmm. So we can have forgiveness, trust. And usually that's enough, at least in my relationships, because I'm teaching people how I want to have a relationship with them, that they realize, oh, this is safe. I can, I can ad- admit this. Yeah. So even if you're, you're seeing these coping mechanisms, you know, if you see them in yourself, we know like, okay, yeah, I can take, not control, but I can, um, you know, take action to correct this. Mm-hmm. But what you're describing here is the way when you see somebody else starting to take these actions, you can understand where they're coming from right. instead of going, oh, I caught you trying to manipulate me, right. which is what when you're in an argument is going to feel like, ooh, that means I'm, I've got the upper hand now. Mm-hmm. But if your goal is understanding, mm-hmm. if your goal is at the end of this, we walk away, like you said earlier, the person I'm talking to feels valued. Right then the way forward is to care about how they're feeling and to care about why they're reacting the way they're reacting. Mm -hmm. And um, can you say, it doesn't have to be that exact phrasing, but can Mm -hmm. you say again, like, here's what you use to disarm that in the moment? Yeah, so this is maybe another podcast, but um, Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg does a brilliant job at this. Um, that book changed my life in a lot mm-hmm. of ways um, in my relationships, yeah. how I see people, how I do counseling. Um, it's a pretty big deal. And uh, essentially, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do is I'm always trying to empathize, which isn't feeling what the other person feels. It's understanding what they need from me in the moment. Mm-hmm. So when I see these tactics to protect themselves come up, I automatically know they need something from me that they're afraid of not getting if by what I've just said. Yeah. So that's it's like, oh, I just see these as signs of what they're really needing from me. And that's really working with someone when I'm willing to say, what do you need from me? And if I can, I want to do that for you. There is no conflict in that. In fact, I think that's how people feel loved. That's how they feel valued. And it's a great skill to learn. So maybe another podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Because I'm, I'm thinking, you know, usually in the middle of conflict, if that line was said, hey, what do you need from me? Right. It's usually said out of like total exasperation, right? right. Like I'm throwing my hands up like, what do you, need what do you even <laughs> need? You know, um, right. and, you know, it, it's like what you were talking about, the attitude of, confession, mm-hmm. you know, coming into something with an attitude of the goal here is to diffuse mm-hmm. this mounting conflict. 
and to try to help us get on the same page. Right. You know, that's what you want in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Of course, you want to be on the same page and you want to at least if you're not figure out, oh, OK, this is how you're seeing it. This is how I'm seeing it. Right. You know, how do we figure out how to make this into something that can work for both of us? Yeah. Um, but it has to you have to come at it with that attitude of uh, we're trying to deescalate. I'm right. not trying to win. Right. You're not trying to win. We're trying to win together. Yeah. And that only happens if we deescalate, step back, stop, you know, using these coping, protecting myself behaviors mm-hmm. and value one another. Yeah. That's cool. I So I think there, I think based on my little summary, sounds like I've learned some stuff, right? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. So, and I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm confident that everyone listening has done that too, Mm. um, has been brought along like I was on this journey and see, oh yeah. Okay. When it's easy to just hear and feel what I'm experiencing in the moment Mm -hmm. and to let things escalate or to let myself escalate things is probably a better way to say it, Mm -hmm. you know, to see it with this perspective of what's the goal here. Yeah. What do I need to do to make Annalise walk away from this conversation feeling more valued? Mm-hmm. And how do we work toward clarity? Um, I think that's going to improve every single relationship in my life, not just my marriage, every yeah. relationship. Yeah. You know, if we start putting this stuff into practice. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks so much, Stephen, for yeah. sharing. And, uh, We'll definitely talk more about communication and relationship stuff um, moving forward. Great. Great to be here.